Welcome to the House on Fire podcast. Our aim is to light a fire for Jesus in the homes of those who listen through encouragement and equipping. Let's partner together to advance the gospel in the next generation. I am your host, Lucas Jackson, and I am passionate about seeing more people on fire for Jesus. When you listen to the House on Fire podcast, you'll hear from people you can rub shoulders with every week at Bethel Church, because all of our guests are from our church family. These are people striving to love God, love others, and to serve the world. Today, I'm excited that we are able to have Justin and Sarah Moline on with us. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. Oh, we are pumped. <laughs> yeah, glad you guys are here. So let's dive on in. Tell us a little about yourself and, and your household and your family. Ooh, go for it. <laughs> no, you're the head of the household. All right, all right. <laughs> this is going to be spicy this already. Is good. I like it. I like it. I like it. It's good. Well, um, we have been married 15 years and we have four children. Um, Mallory's the oldest at 13 and Riley's about to turn 11. And uh, Maria is six and Ella is almost three. So three girls and a boy. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. And you got, uh, you're like in South Fargo, or technically it's not South Fargo. You're like way South Fargo. You're like in the boondocks. Because <laughs> right. I say we live in, we live in South Fargo and I keep thinking, actually people, that's like 13th street. And I'm like, no, we live down by like Walmart. Like, right. Anyway, sorry. I, I got to get the language down. So, um, so you're close to, is your, is it a Horace address actually? It is. Okay. Okay. Um, well, cool. Awesome. And then, uh, uh what do you guys do for work? Um, I'm involved in, in business. We have a fuel and propane company that uh, takes up my time day to day. And what do you do for work? And I'm killing it at home. You are yeah. crushing it. Actually. <laughs> so basically, Justin has one job and, yeah. and, and let's face it, you probably have other people doing most of the work. Is that how, is that how it oh, works or that's, no? That's the idea. That's the idea. Okay. And then you have four jobs, Sarah, because yeah. you have four. Five. Human beings. She has five. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. you got to take care of him too. <laughs> well, you know. There's some truth in that, and uh, that'll be another episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> <And> we'll, <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Well, I'm stoked to have you guys on here. And uh, which campus and worship service do you guys um, are you guys a part of? We are part of the Kindred Campus, which is one worship service. But we've been there since the beginning, going on uh, two and a half years now. Okay. Although before that, though, we've been we've been coming to Bethel. Sarah grew up in the church. And uh, I married into the church here. So the past 15 years, we've called the Bethel home together. Okay. And when you, when you say grew up in the church, how old were you when you first were a part of Bethel? Yeah. So when our family moved here from Africa, I was 11. And so it's been, yeah, over 30 years. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for the longest time, Justin was called Justin Irish because <laughs> cause my mom and dad are Ruth and Rich Irish. And yeah. So that was really funny. Yeah. That is but really funny. now people know. No, more of who he is. Yeah. <laughs> We're glad you're more part of the family. Yes. No, that's great. And what life group or discipleship making group are you guys a part of? Really, our, our life group is our core team at Kindred. There's four families that were essentially kind of sent to launch this campus. Yeah. And that, that is really our, that's our life group, 100%. And, and if I remember correctly, uh, there was a conversation of starting a second campus, but it w- but it wasn't Kindred that was actually in mind at first, right? Was it like 
West Fargo or somewhere else? Horace. It was Horace. Yep. Okay. And then yeah. God, you know, figured out how to basically end up being kindred. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was this whole process that Pastor Andy kind of led through and, and we looked at West Fargo, Horace, Kindred, um, yeah. and then COVID hit Yeah, and it just kind of died. And then it just, the Lord just naturally raised up, um, Kindred. So it was really cool to see how just the Lord's hand over all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Uh, Lucas, I, I should also mention, also mention, um, two other groups that we're a part of that have been such a blessing to us are, um, Justin does men's frat on Friday night or Friday mornings in Kindred. Yeah. Um, that Nate Safe leads, and then I'm part of a women's Bible study in Kindred, and those are just an awesome way of connecting with women, yeah. men. It's not something Justin and I lead together or part of together, but that's been such a blessing of just connecting yeah. with other women and men and and doing life together. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, today our conversation is going to be about prayer. And so let's kind of dive in. What is prayer and why is prayer important? And I mean, we could spend, I don't know how, we could spend hours and hours and hours talking about if we were to give a biblical and theological perspective of prayer. But for the sake of our our time and conversation, you know, what is prayer and why is prayer important? I, man, prayer is what I am super passionate about. It's like our lifeline, really. Um, I think if you don't, if you're, walking with the Lord and you don't have a prayer life, that's like a huge problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's really for me been such a process of understanding like what is it and why should it be crucial for um, our walk with the Lord? And I think like the main point of prayer is for us to be close to God. Like that sounds so, so simple, but mm. like that's, we're created to be in relationship with him. And like, why wouldn't we want to be just constantly talking to him and being close to him. So um, it's, like I said, been a process for me where it's been through prayer when I've seen God move that I'm like, I'll never be the same. Like I can't not pray now. Whether it's been in our marriage where I've seen God like transform our marriage in early years or uh, even before we were married, seeing the lost come to know Jesus through intercession, fasting and prayer. And that's when we saw God move. And so I will never be the same. Um, I think it's, um, yeah, it's crucial for yeah. our walk with the Lord. And when you say that prayer has been a process for you, what, what do you mean by that? Like, like that yeah. you've grown in understanding like the mm-hmm. different implications of prayer or like, what, what does that mean for you? Right. So I grew up in a home, uh, with a mom and dad that really loved Jesus. And so, you know, obviously they modeled to me what prayer was. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I learned how to pray with mom and dad. And then it was, you know, when I went off to college, that's when I was like, okay, you know, this is my walk with the Lord. I'm go- I need to figure out like, where does prayer fall into that? And so that's when I started seeing answered to specific prayers. I saw the power of intercession, like praying for the lost and God drawing people to himself. Um, and, and now, like now for me, you know, it's crucial that I pray for my husband daily for our family, um, and then to, for praying for kindred, for God to work. And so just as I've, you know, grown closer to the Lord, like it's helped me understand, you know, prayer should be in every part of our lives and I'm still figuring it out. Yeah, for sure. No, that's helpful. That's and I good. think that's what you said is just really key is that, I mean, there's a process that the Lord takes us on, a journey the Lord takes us on, right? Because when we first, just think about when you first learned how to pray out loud or if you're uncomfortable praying in front of people, right? Like there's a process that the Lord takes us through to really 
you know, be comfortable with prayer, get get the idea of prayer, see answered prayer, and then just have communion with the Lord through prayer. And, you know, I just believe that process is a lifelong journey. We never, yeah. I really don't believe we arrive, that yeah. we are we are now the best prayer God wants us to be. I For mean, sure. that, that's the beautiful thing about the Lord is there is always more. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, and Sarah, you mentioned like your parents modeled prayer for you when you were young. Mm-hmm. When did you start? Did you both grow up in Christian homes? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And you did too. Okay. So, so how how did they model prayer for you? You know, my my both my mom and dad. Anytime, like growing up, I was worried about something. Like mom and dad would be like, "Okay, well, what do I have to offer? Let's pray about it." Yeah. And like that was foundational because that's now. Like, that's what Justin and I do. Like, okay, guys, what can we do? We can pray. Yeah. And so mom and dad just were so, so good about that. And they still do it. I mean, I remember coming home from college, having like girlfriends with me who many of them didn't know the Lord yet. And my dad would be like, hey, guys, let's pray. And we would just pray together. And yeah. that was like huge. And that's like, that's how it should be. It just becomes part of your life. Like yeah. breathing, really. Yeah. Simpl- simplistic consistent, just a part of everyday conversation. Right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Oh, that's great. Is prayer something that is crucial for a believer to utilize in their life? And if so, why? Because there'd be many people that would be like, yeah, prayer is important, but but maybe they would pray. I don't, I don't know. And maybe I should just say very little. I don't necessarily want to say mm-hmm. a number, I guess, because it doesn't, I don't know a Bible verse that say that you have to pray a certain amount of times, but that yeah. it should be consistent or, you know, you know, uh, a daily thing, a uh, consistent thing, that kind of thing. So, so it, is prayer something that is crucial for a believer to utilize in their life? And if so, why? Well, I would say, you know, you say there's not a Bible verse that, that points to it, but I, I would also say that Colossians 4 says, devote yourself to prayer. Yeah. So it doesn't give 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, but what does it say? It says, yeah. devote yourself. There's a discipline action yeah. in prayer. So I would, I would go out on a limb and say, you know, um, your prayer life is a direct correlation to your walk with the Lord. Meaning? Mm-hmm. Meaning the deeper and more authentic your prayer life is, the stronger your walk with the Lord is. Yeah, yeah. I, I 100% agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in uh, the book of Acts, it says they were devoted to each other. Then it talks about uh, one of the key values there was, was prayer. Mm-hmm. And so then you have to flush out, like, okay, if I'm devoted to prayer, can I say that I, you know, that I I think about it once every month. Is that devoted? Well, probably not. Like right. you know, so there. there it, right. I think the 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 word discipline there really helps encompass like really the aspect of what prayer should be. It's, right. it's a spiritual discipline for followers of Jesus. Right. Yeah, Lucas. Can I just say something? Something the Lord just keeps reminding me of is just it's that prayer in the secret place um, that is I think the most powerful when the doors close and it's with you and the Lord and you are like really connecting with him. And um, Jesus actually talked about it in Matthew 6, where he said, you know, like, don't be like the Pharisees and stand on the corner and pray these lofty, fancy prayers. But it's what you're doing in the secret place. It speaks volumes. And that's when God moves. Yeah. And what? why would you say that that is important for you or even important for a believer to have that spiritual discipline of prayer? Because when I normally think of prayer, it's almost always like with others and not that that's wrong. It should be with, there's a community aspect of a communal aspect of prayer, but there is, you're right. right. There's this value where scripture would say, 
you know, go, you know, close the door, go by yourself. So right. why has that been important for you? And why would you encourage that to be a value for other people? Yeah. Well, I, I was just talking to the girls on Wednesday night about this. Like we have to be like connecting with God first and our identity and connection has to primarily be with him before we can be effective outside of like our relationship with him. And so like it has to first start in the secret place. And yeah. like, for example, a couple of years ago, our um, kindred core team were like, you know, we, we would love to see the kindred community praying together and like multiple churches, just believers in the community praying, praying for felt needs in the community, praying for revival. Uh, but both Justin and I were like, actually, God, like we really just, I sensed that God was like, no, it first needs to be rich in the secret place. Because mm. uh, that's where it's that real connection and it's an authentic like prayer in the secret place alone behind the closed door between you and God. And and so, um, yeah, I think that's like the order. It should be first between us and God, private, secret, but yeah. like it needs to also be with other believers. Because I would say, you know, to piggyback off that, what is when you're praying in the secret place with you and the Lord, what happens in that, right? I mean, we're coming before the Lord and as we petition him, as we pour out our heart to him, as we interact with him, like what happens is he downloads his heart into ours, right? So that's just such Mm -hmm. a key way that we start to feel the heartbeat of God is through our secret place prayer. So, I mean, if, if we want to be effective in ministry or outreach or in our neighborhood, man, we need to be connecting with the Lord and having his heart. And that, yeah. that's just only through prayer and his word. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, absolutely. Speaking yeah. to a little bit more there, prayers related to our walk with the Lord. And so maybe maybe for you guys, what, what has been a tangible application of that in your guys' life? When you're, you know, in what way are you thriving with your walk with the Lord and how does that affect your prayer life? Or in, in what way are you potentially uh, struggling in your walk, with the Lord, and how does that affect your prayer life? Because I 100% agree that there's an aspect of of when I'm like practicing the presence of God in my life more, um, I I'm I'm understanding and recognizing my need to live for God, but also it affects how often I talk to God. So those are very mm-hmm. much connected. So maybe speaking that a little bit more and how it's affected your guys' lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Tim, you had mentioned a couple of minutes ago, just the discipline of prayer. And um, yeah, for me, like there's a direct correlation, what I've seen of just discipline in like my prayer life and then seeing answered prayer. And it just makes me long for more, but yeah. more, more than just the answered prayer. Like I just crave that connection with God. And then like the answer to prayer is really just a byproduct because like I'm connecting with God and being close to him. I don't know if that answers your question, Lucas, but... No, no, and I didn't have any specific thing that you were going to mention. I just... But what you're saying is by the fact that you're hearing, seeing the Lord answer prayers, Mm -hmm. that helps boost your walk with the Lord. So That's probably not the best phrase, but it motivates, it encourages you in your walk with the Lord when you see the evidence of prayers being answered. Yep. Um, Which I would... I think I could probably say that that would only help your walk with the Lord... um, and encourage your walk with the Lord even more. I don't mm-hmm. think that that's going to, I don't see that hindering your walk with the Lord. I guess unless you're Jonah and then, you know, you're, you're, you're running away from God and there's this phrase of down, 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 down that happens in the book of Jonah. Yeah. And then Jonah gets super ticked. Cause he's like, I knew it, God, I knew it. You were going to save these people. And I don't even like these people. 
Yeah. And now you saved him. And so I yeah. guess maybe that affected his walk with the Lord right. in a bad way. <laughs> uh, but it, I feel like that would be something that would be, you know, encouraging. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and I would say this. Um, so me personally, sometimes I have a tendency to be a, a coaster, right? I can be, I can in my own mind be self-sufficient. So the more that I pray and connect with the Lord, what does that really do? It, it, it reminds me of my need for Jesus and my dependence that I need to have on him, right? It reminds me that I can't do this alone um, because in that time, there's something special that just happens that it's a reminder like, man, God, you are so faithful to answer prayer, to listen, to uh, reassure me, to encourage me, to speak to me that, man, it just underscores my dependence on the Lord. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it makes me think, Self-sufficiency is not biblical. I'm trying to think if I agree with that that statement as I say it out loud. But yeah, I don't, this whole depend upon yourself, there's, that's not a biblical mandate. So even Mm -hmm. the aspect and component of praying and seeking the Lord is is getting us to not be self-sufficient. So we're more obedient and more reliant upon the Lord. Right. Um, What are some biblical passages, or I guess that's a, that's a repeat what are some what are some scriptures that you would sh- would could share to give us an idea of what prayer is knowing that you know there's no way we could i mean it would take a long time to look mm-hmm. at all the passages mm-hmm. on prayer mm-hmm. but what are some passages on prayer that you can can share with us to give those who are listening an idea of of where prayer is in the scripture and and the implications of that can i tackle that one Go for it. I'll add on. Yeah. (laughs) So I was thinking about that and, and here's, here's what came to mind and and I've got a handful of passages and, and I think they all lead to, to underscore the point here. But, you know, I think about first in Exodus, Exodus 33, um, the tent of meeting, right? So the Israelites are out in the wilderness and they, and Moses sets up this tent outside the camp. And every time Moses goes out, all the Israelites stand and watch. And when Moses enters the tent, the cloud, the presence of the Lord comes in front of the door. And just what a picture that is of in the secret place, especially, but just having communion fellowship with the Lord, right? What the point of prayer, you know, really is. And I think about going forward into Psalms, I think about David and how David, um, a man after God's own heart had so many, if, if you want to talk about, different types of prayers, read the Psalms, yeah. read David. I mean, he was lamenting. He was yeah. praying for deliverance, you know, protect me from these enemies, right? Yeah. Um, and then he was had so many just prayers of praise, like, thank you, Lord, you did deliver, you were faithful. So this man, after God's own heart, just modeled prayer in the book of Psalms. Yeah. Um, just, just fascinating. And then we think about Jesus and two specific things with Jesus. He teaches us how to pray right? The Lord's yeah. prayer, yeah. you know? So he gave this nugget to the disciples and said, when you think about prayer, pray, pray in this way. And then he goes and he, he models a certain type of prayer in the garden of Gethsemane, right? Where he just says, Lord, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Take this cup from me, yeah. but not your will, not my will, but your will be done, right? The, the prayer of surrender and submission and saying, Lord, like, this is not what I want to do, but you know better than I, and we know together the end result of this. But God, I am just going to lay on my face, and I'm going to just plead, do something different, right? Yeah, absolutely. But if not, I will walk in the way before me. 
And then one of the things that uh, in First Peter, this has been very recent to our family that's really just stood out. Um, love what First Peter 4 says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be sober-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Mm. The end is coming. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be alert. We're supposed to be on watch and we're supposed to pray. Yeah. Direct instructions from the Lord. Yeah. So those are things as I just contemplate where in scripture we can find prayer. I mean, like you said, we could talk for a year through this, yeah. but just high level, those are things that just stand out and say, if, if, if scripture doesn't underscore, not even underscore, just point to the direct uh, implication of prayer and the priority of prayer, yeah. man, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. We have to, and I think we just neglect it in our society. Now today we neglect prayer. Um, you know, or we give it just a, just, we just give it a, we might talk about this later, but a whisper, right? And, and God desires us to pray. I just love the picture of Moses in that tent, just thinking, man, he is, who knows how much time he spent in there. I'm sure it was hours instead of minutes, right? But yeah. just that time with the Lord is so precious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Would you have other passages that you would want to specifically hit on? Uh, I remember in college, um, leading a, uh, a leadership team. Actually, it was the prayer team um, in college up at UND. And um, a passage that I shared that was super convicting to me, and that's kind of when my heart really started, you know, understanding the the idea of the persistent prayer. And um, it just reminded me of Luke 18. And this passage I actually shared back in college, which was like 200 years ago. Um, but it was about the persistent widow who constantly went before the judge who neither feared God or loved men. And she just frequently went before him and asking for justice. And finally the judge was like, okay, fine. Like have it. (laughs) And like um, that has been, I have seen that Justin and I have witnessed like just persistent prayer before the Lord. Something happens in the heavenlies where God's like, okay. And not that we are like, treating God like a genie, you know, like we don't, we're not trying to sway his heart, but I think it's just a reflection of of us being like Justin was saying, completely surrendered and dependent on him. Like we cannot do this on our own. Like we desperately need you God. And so uh, just Luke 18, just the persistent widow and really designed to be persistent with the Lord. Something else in um, just scripture and prayer. I love to pray scripture back to God like that. Mm to me is like uh, so special because it's his word. And so (laughs) he knows it, but there's something I think that happens also in the heavenlies when we just talk his word back to him and also remind him like, God, you said this. And so like, I'm just reminding you and actually more me than you, but like this, if this is true, like we're asking this of you because you said it. Uh, So I love to pray scripture back to God. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Justin, you mentioned that, you know, uh, prayer is easy to neglect and, and I would agree. I think it, I mean, I think it is easy to neglect or maybe even to have it where it's just before a meal or during a transition time from teaching to mm-hmm. music, you know, at church or whatever. Yeah. And so maybe, I mean, not, I mean, you can't, I'm not asking you to speak for the world or whatever, but just for you guys, like wh- why in your experience or, and what you've seen in the context of just church world, why is it that prayer can easily be neglected? I would say um, 
number one, in, in, our, in our society today, it's one of the greatest schemes of the enemy is to distract us, is to create our schedules so full of things and so many other priorities that this uh, really cool guy that I know calls these things idols all the time. Yeah. Right. And we have so many things that we put in, in over the priority list of just prayer and connecting with the Lord. Yeah. And I think the enemy just blinds us and, and just creates this busyness, this culture of busyness and prioritizing everything else but the Lord. Um, so it's yeah. just so easy to be distracted. It, it, yeah. It's nothing, it's not, it's not rocket science, it's not earth shattering. It's just, yeah. you know what? We get so stinking busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would agree. Um, is prayer something we do to satisfy God or ourselves? Yes. <laughs> uh, explain, explain. I'm, I'm curious here. <laughs> well, does God need our prayers, right? I mean, we could just start there. Does God really yeah. need us to pray? Yeah. I mean, this all-sufficient, sovereign being that created the universe, does he need my prayers? And, you know, there's this whole mystery of, is my prayers actually going to change what God's going to do? Sarah yeah. talked about mm-hmm. that, you know, um, a little bit. Um, but I, I do think, does God need our prayers? No. Does he covet them? Mm. Does he desire them? Is that part of why he created us? Absolutely. Yeah. Like this aroma, this fragrance of prayer before him in the throne room is a beautiful thing. I mean, if you just think of, a, you know, you create a picture of the th- throne room, God the Father sitting on the throne, people worshiping him, yeah. right? And then mm-hmm. us here in heaven praying to him and worshiping him in that way. Man, just what what a picture that is of worship. And so God covets our prayers. Um, so it is certainly for him and it's certainly for us because as much as we want to come with our own agenda to prayer, the more that we pray and the more we persist and the more that we are disciplined in it, like I said earlier, the more of God's heart we get, which changes how we pray. Yeah. We're no longer praying for what Justin wants, right? Um, we're in alignment with God's heart and we are praying yeah. for what he wants us to be praying for, you know, and that, mm-hmm. and I think that that alone just changes our perspective and how we live. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I agree. How have you guys seen prayer affect your family and even your your marriage mm-hmm. and and the evidence of that? Uh, Lucas, can I just share like back to college? This is when God awakened my heart to prayer, and then we'll get to marriage. Was this the, the be... two hundred years ago that you <laughs> yeah. referenced? I think that was yeah, the phrase you used. Yeah, back in the olden days. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was when I saw like a first like movement of of God through prayer, um, and I was actually a junior in college and. Um, God just impressed on my heart. I was an RA that year in the dorms up at UND, and he just impressed on my heart that um, this year was going to be set apart, and I wasn't sure in what way. Um, And God had already impressed on my heart just a a desire to see the lost around me come to know him. So I just remember feeling really overwhelmed with all the girls living in my dorm that didn't know Jesus, clearly. Um, And so... That year, uh, in a very unique way, God raised up like four or five believers that were actually all in the, in the dorm together on the same mm-hmm. floor in my wing as an RA. And we were like, man, there's some, God's doing something here. And so um, through just discussion, we were like, God, we're going to start praying. We're going to start praying for the girls around us that don't know Jesus. Yeah. And so we started praying and fasting. And um, we even drew a map out just kind of laying out um, just the layout of our dorm floor and then by name, 
like we just labeled all the rooms with the names of the girls and we just started interceding for these girls. And um, over the course of that year, there were like five girls that came mm. into the Lord and um, praise God. Like he, it, we didn't know what God was going to do that year, but it yeah. was, um, it just awakened my heart to like, what like God wants to save a lost. And like, yeah. what if one of the keys to that is our prayers and not that it's dependent on us, but it was us depending on God to save the lost around us. And so yeah. um, that was the first time that I really saw God move through prayer and I'll never be the same. And there've been like other things that Justin and I've witnessed um, over the few years that we've been married where God has like really moved through prayer and yeah, it was, it just changed our whole perspective on it. Yeah. And, and maybe a word of value easily comes to the top of the surface as you were saying that, like there was a lot of intentionality mm-hmm. where you like took the time, you're like, okay. And not that this is not a, a difficult thing to do um, or this magic bullet, so to speak, but you took mm-hmm. the time to write out, draw out, okay, here's who our people are in the dorm and here's the ne- people we we know and wrote their names down. So then you're praying for them by, mm-hmm. by their name. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you probably even had some, maybe even question marks that go, Oh, I don't remember who that girl is, but you probably found out who right. that was and added their name to the list. Yep. And so just, just extreme intentionality, I think is, is super, I mean, almost like mm-hmm. important and really in any discipline in our lives. And even mm-hmm. just you referencing just, praying in a room that that requires intentionality Mm -hmm. and I maybe would even go so far today it requires uh for me at least it's got to go on the schedule because the things I schedule are things that that get done and not from like a and I don't mean get done as in like I feel oh I've have to do this but that but that makes sure that I'm being intentional to to live out this value that I want Mm -hmm. to make happen Mm -hmm. and so on the lines of intentionality do you guys have like a do you have a process that works for you on how you remember who to pray for or certain people or certain things? And not that you have mm-hmm. to have a process. Mm-hmm. I just easily forget. So I like getting things out of my mind on paper mm-hmm. or on a, on a note on my phone so I, I don't forget about praying for specific people. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like for you guys in your guys' lives? Mm-hmm. Well, I think Sarah's much more... Um, intentional about how she maps that out than me. Okay. So I think this is a great kind of... Uh, um, discussion on the differences, right? Um, because I do, I, you know, I'm more of a fly by the seat of my pants type of guy. Yeah. So um, I will certainly write important things down and I want to get in the discipline of having written out who I'm praying for and how I'm praying for them. Yeah. But I don't do that very well. I may do it yeah. well for a little bit, but then I kind of fall back into, no, I shouldn't say fall back. Then I revert into, you know, how, how I how I normally pray. So I do have, you know, a structure though, because there are certain things that every day I pray for. So those are like non-negotiables, right? I'm committed every day to praying for those things. Um, And then there's these ongoing things that, that, that pop up here and there that I've committed to praying for, or the Lord has placed on my heart. So, um, you know, so I have a, a non-negotiable list that just, I have to pray for. And then a, a lot of times, you know, I, I do just sense kind of how the Lord is leading me and what yeah. he brings to mind, so to speak. Um, is that non-negotiable list in your mind or yeah. is that written out somewhere? Well, it's been both. I've, I've had it on paper, okay. but it's not, you but know. You probably just know it though yeah. because it's like you're, it, 
you know, it's non-negotiable. So yeah. it's probably just, it's a mental note that just imprinted it in your mind. Hey, I'm a simple guy, hey man, right? I, I like I've, got, I've got four buckets that I'm going <laughs> to, that I'm going to know really well, That's right? Awesome. And, and Sarah's got, you know, note cards of like a million people she's praying for, yeah. which is so cool. And I really look up to that and admire yeah. that. But man, I'm a simple guy. I'm going to keep the main thing, the main thing, and sure. I'm going to press into that. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's right, wrong, or otherwise. Like that's that's how I'm wired and how I yeah. connect. Um, and and I've committed to being intentional. So one of the things that I admire about Sarah is her intentionality with her note cards and how she maps it out. And I've had to learn how to be more intentional yeah. rather than whimsical. And I would use that word, right? I don't want to be whimsical in my prayers. I want to be intentional. Um, so I've had to learn what works for me to be intentional with my prayer. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I mean, he gave some glimpses, but you uh, do you used to have like a, as a second house full of note cards or did you build a shed for all these <laughs> note cards that Justin is referencing? Were you still digitizing uh, yeah. these things? You know? <laughs> right. No, I got my hard copy note cards um, and they just walk around the house with me actually. Um, but like I, yeah, I, there's, yeah, I love to intercede for people. And so like if I um if I say for example tell someone um that's really struggling that I'm praying for them, like I really want to pray for them. Like yeah. I want that to be a sincere yes, I am praying for you. And yeah. uh so like their name's going to be written down and I'm going to intercede for them and um I heard a gal who I really respect sharing just on prayer and how it's really healthy actually to kind of she has an order to her how she prays where she first zooms out like for perspective. And so mm. she will start off by praying for the nations. And, um, and so that has really changed how I pray because mm. I think it's good as, as followers of Jesus that we learn how to zoom out, that it's not all yeah. about me. It's not all about my family. It's not all about my little bubble here, but it's so much greater. And so yeah. um, God has just really impressed on my heart what it means to zoom out. And so I'll typically, when I spend time with the Lord, um, I'll zoom out and pray for the nations. And what God, what are you doing? Like mm-hmm. the end will come. The time is coming. Like Justin shared, like the end is near. So how are we strategically praying for the nations, for the um, for God's will amongst the nations? And then I kind of slowly zoom in, pray strategically for um, for Justin, our family, our kids, um, and then felt needs um, around me. So specific people that I've committed to praying for. And then I uh, spent a lot of time praying for the lost yeah. Um, just for salvation, um, for those around me that don't know Jesus. So yeah, no, yeah. that's good. Are there different ways to pray? And, uh, you know, I've been in youth ministry for quite a while that, you know, we've had times where we've had, you know, prayer times and it's looked different. You know, it may be, you know, listening to a song or just sitting there and, and just waiting for the Lord to speak to you, or maybe writing things out or. Or, or going, you know, for a walk in the woods or whatever. And so those are just mm. some examples. But but what are some other different ways? Because uh, I think maybe people have this imagery in their mind that you're just maybe, I don't know, maybe, I, mean, I feel like every movie in America does it where like everybody goes into a Catholic church to pray, <laughs> you know, and that's not the case. Um, half the time it's hard to get into our church because it's locked down, you know, so yeah. <laughs> so it's not, that's not necessarily how it is. But mm-hmm. so what, what, what is it, what are some of the practical ways that people could be tangibly praying? Um, and what does that look like? Mm. Well, you know, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. Yeah. So that just incorporates a whole 
a whole wide area of how can you pray. So, I, you know, I would first start with number one: you cannot neglect your intentional, you know, prayer time. Yeah. Right. That secret place. I think that's critical. But then, you know, beyond that, you talked about all sorts of different ways, and and but the key is the pray without ceasing. Is even if there's a moment, I'll I'll take for example, I, ha- I had to have a conversation with with a, uh, an employee of mine that was going to be a very hard conversation. And I prayed for it the, that morning, but then right before too, I was like, I reminded myself that I prayed for it by praying for it again. Like, yeah. Lord, I'm going to enter into this conversation. Yeah, Give me wisdom. And I pray that our hearts would be softened to receive what he needs to receive. And that it would, you know, you want it to go well, Yeah, right? So I just, I prayed for that in the moment. And then the conversation happened and it went extremely well. I was I was thrilled. What normally happens is we just are thrilled about it and we move on mm. instead of pausing and saying, you know what, Lord, you just answered that prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you just answered it. Thank you. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So it's this attitude, praying without ceasing is how are we carrying the Lord with us in prayer yeah. every day, every moment? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, is he on the tip of our lips? Is he on the front of our mind? Or do we just do this prayer time in the morning for 15 minutes and then walk away and we don't consider yeah. what the Lord is doing the rest of the day? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, I think that's good. Where, where's the aspect of being still? play into prayer I, I i think it's appropriate living life and then something something the lord puts something on your mind as you're driving or what whatever you're doing it's not it's all good but there is this this concept this value of being still before the lord at times and so what what man why why is that something that the lord intentionally emphasizes often in scripture this component of being still before the lord and when I say before Lord, I don't mean you have to be in a in a worship space that could be anywhere. The curtain has been torn between the Holy of Holies, and so there is no there's we we don't have a barrier. You know, we don't have a priest we have to go through. There's we have direct mm-hmm. access to God. Mm-hmm. And so, why is this aspect of being still something that is clearly laid out in Scripture and that is a high value? Um, just as you were saying that. Lucas, it just reminded me of, um, I think it's in Psalm 46, where God says, be still and know that I'm God. And so, like, whatever we're walking through, so just like Justin shared about the situation at work, like he was, he, you know, prayed, he was still before the Lord, recognized his dependence on him, and like God answered. So I, I think by being still and like pulling God into whatever situation it is through prayer, just reminds us that we need him, that we are desperate for him, that we uh, we can't go through the situation or whatever we're facing without him. And so yeah. it's really, yeah. it's like we're just recognizing who God is in our lives and our desperate need for him. Yeah, And I would say certainly that um, the whole concept, the idea of be still, settling ourselves, settling our mind, settling our hearts— because what's the opposite of that? If I'm going to pray and I'm not still before the Lord, yeah. it's just like this. It's kind of like the shotgun, right? And yeah. you're just rattling off this, that, and this, that. And are we are we really connecting? Are we really allowing our spirit to settle and mm. to allow us to connect with the Lord? Because num- the, what is the number one thing the Lord wants from us is he wants our heart. Yeah. He wants us to abide if nothing else, if we do nothing else but to just abide in the Lord, yeah. which incorporates, I think, the idea of being still, mm. I mean, that's just so foundational. Uh, so I, I just think we can't, we can't go through our prayer life without 
at some point regularly being still before the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about my, my grandmother. She's 95 years old. And every time Sarah and I visit with her, there's one thing, there's two things that come out. Number one, she doesn't know, she doesn't know why she's still on this earth because she wants to go home to heaven. Like yeah. she makes that very clear. She's yes, like, sir. she says, I'm ready to go home. Yeah. Crying. Know? Crying. <laughs> it's this Norwegian lady that is just so sweet and she just wants to go home. Yeah. Mm. Um, and what does she spend her day doing? Just, she's praying. Mm. She sits in her chair because she can't do much else. And she is just praying. And she's got great grandchildren and she is praying for them by name daily. She'll rattle them off from memory when we're with her. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't remember that kid. Yeah. You know, so it's like, wow, you talk about being still before the Lord. My grandmother at this point just embodies that. And mm-hmm. it's it's actually so precious. Every time we leave, her presence is like, wow, like this is a woman that prays mm-hmm. and is connecting with the Lord. She's already halfway mm-hmm. in heaven. I mean, now she's really praying, you know? Yes, and it's like, man, talk about a legacy. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, inspiring. Yeah. No, that's awesome. You, you know, you guys have been a part of the kinder campus from the beginning. And so how have you guys seen prayer be a part of Bethel and Kindred? And how has that lived out um, with what you guys are doing down there in Kindred? Yeah, it's like prayer is really the powerhouse where like we just it's a way of us depending on God like we've talked about to, and yeah. really asking him to move. Um and so that is the foundation of Kindred Campus really. Like we are really dependent on the Lord to move and to draw people in Kindred to himself and uh so like I think we could be praying always can be praying more like regardless of what context we're in and um so, yeah, it's been really the foundation of Kindred Campus. Um, it's something we actually had been praying for before it was even launched um, and really had a stirring in our hearts that God was moving in a certain direction, and uh, that was just through prayer, like us yeah. really sensing the Lord's leading. And so, um, yeah, it's and but like we expect much more of God. And so mm. uh, there's actually a passage in, um, Habakkuk 1 verse 5 where God is talking to Habakkuk Habakkuk is so frustrated with the um, nation of Judah and it was right before they were uh, taken um, into exile and God was like this is what he said to Habakkuk and this is what I love to pray for kindred God said look um, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I will do something in your day that you wouldn't believe even if you were told. And so this was God talking to Habakkuk, mm-hmm. but I love to pray that back to God and, and pray it for kindred. Yeah. Like, God, you said this, let's look at kindred and watch and be amazed for you will do something in our day that we wouldn't believe even if we were told. And so like I went, now that Justin and I have seen God move through prayer, like we're hungry for more. Like I, yeah, uh, yeah until the day I die, like we're going to pray harder and pray more and pray more fervently. And um, yeah, I, we're hungry to see God move. Um, so it's only the beginning. So, <laughs> And I would say, you know, the, the Kindred Campus wouldn't have started without prayer. And not because God mm-hmm. needed our prayer, because as we were seeking the Lord, he stirred in our heart the desire for this. Our, not, not our desire, our team's desire for yeah. this, right? So Kindred Campus was birthed from prayer. And mm-hmm. one of the great things that Sarah brings to our team is this fervent, consistency and pushing to be praying, right? Keeping it the foundation. She's so good at keeping that in front of our team. So we wrestle and have had to push, not push, we've had to be strategic in how we incorporate that even in our gatherings, 
you know, we don't we don't want to neglect praying together as a body. So when yeah. we gather in kindred, I mean, we'll have com- we'll have we'll have prayer times as a church there. Mm. You know, um, we'll have designated Sundays where we do different things, even if it's uncomfortable for us that are sitting in the yeah. chairs there. Yeah. But we're gonna pray, and we're gonna mm-hmm. pray for needs within the church, and mm. we're gonna do that in the context of community. Um, so we've worked really hard because it's so easy to neglect. It's so easy to neglect, even in the Mm -hmm. church. And even when you're trying to do a church service, it's easy to neglect. So we have to work at building that in as a rhythm of our gatherings and kindred. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. What attitude should we have in praying? You know, I think some people could maybe have the extreme attitude of like, you know, God, you better give me what I want or, you know, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, you know, um, Mm -hmm. to, to be in super needy. And I, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with asking the Lord for things that are on our mm-hmm. hearts, but but what, what, what should our attitude or our posture be when we're coming to the Lord and we're seeking him in prayer? Mm-hmm. Just the word humility mm-hmm. just comes to mind, um, knowing that, God, this is all about you. Uh, we desperately need you. We want more of you. We um, yeah. we depend on you. And, and it's all about you, God. You know, the, Justin reference the Lord's Prayer. And if you look at, you know, there's six petitions in the Lord's Prayer. The first one is, our Father art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Like, it's all about you, God. Like, it's not about us. And we desperately want to glorify you and we need you. Uh, So just humility that uh, it is really all about the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's, I think that's perfect. And, but going back to your point, um, Lucas is even if we're not an experienced person at praying, you know the Bible says, "Cast your cares." Yeah. Right. So he, the yeah. point is, no matter where you're at, if all you know how to do is just, you know, just vent to the Lord, well then vent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do that. Like get before Him. If yeah. you just want to, if all you know how to do is ask for things, well just ask for sure, because mm-hmm. God's going to honor that and He's going to take that and He's going to start shaping you. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we all start off. Um, as a child who just knows how to ask. Right. And and God talks about that. He says, you know, um, he wants to give us good things. He wants us to ask. So like, I just say, wherever you're at, just go before the Lord because he is going to take what you are offering and he is going to over time start to mold and shape the way that you pray. Um, and that's, Mm -hmm. and that's one of the foundational ways that he helps us grow in our walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love hearing like new believers pray. Cause, oh man, because uh, you know, not, not that I would be encourage people to cuss, but there's there, I've I've been around people who who are, are far from the Lord and they came to yeah. faith and they're still working out their salvation, you know, yeah, so to speak. Yeah. And they, you know, and they're pretty raw with the Lord, and they sometimes say things that it, we wouldn't necessarily agree <laughs> with, you know. And and I'm thinking, well, you know. This person's doing the best they can, and I'm so just the rawness of yeah. that. And I, yeah. just to be clear, I'm not saying that we should be cussing at the Lord or that yeah. kind of stuff. But there is something that is simplistic about when somebody comes to mm-hmm. faith and they they don't have it. There's no Christianese, so to speak, in their right. language yet, and they say things, and I'm like, man, that mug gets it. That <laughs> that dude gets it, you know. And that isn't quite in in terms of how I'd, I I would have probably said it, but man, thank yeah. God, the heart, right. you know, yeah. is, right. is, yeah. is is yeah. growing and pursuing God. Yeah. So it's just a yeah, it's a funny thing yeah. to be in. So yeah, uh, as you were saying that, Lucas, uh, 
an, a memory came to mind from college, and that's when I grew rapidly in my walk with the Lord and in my prayer life. But I was praying with a group of believers, and one of the guys with us was a new believer. Yeah. And um, like it just was so beautiful just hearing him talking to the Lord. And he kind of came to an end with his prayer, and he's like, so God, I don't really know what to say, so I'm going to hand it off to Jerry. Go ahead, Jerry. <laughs> I mean, it was so like— it's awesome. Yeah, like that's how it should be, you know, yeah. like it doesn't have to be this fluid, beautiful, like exchange with God. Like it is us connecting with God. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. How do we pray in times of great suffering? Because, you know, we're all going to experience that. It's actually, it's promised to believers specifically. Mm-hmm. So it, this is a guarantee thing. So we may, maybe want to take a few moments in our lives to ponder if we haven't yet experienced great suffering, what are we going to do and maybe plan ahead a little bit, so to speak, when great mm-hmm. suffering comes and hits us and, and, and it will, mm-hmm. um, I've never met somebody who, who has never experienced great suffering, especially right. as a believer. I don't, right. like, I don't think that exists. Right. And so how do we, how would you encourage other people listening to, to prepare for, or mm-hmm. how, how their posture, or what are some, specific things when it comes to praying to the Lord in great times of suffering. Hmm. There was one specific example that, that uh, in our married life, we went through great loss and it was one of those times where you just question the Lord. Yeah. Why? This makes no sense. Why would you allow this to happen? This, this can't be better than the alternative. Like, come on. And you know, what that did in my heart, it took a little while, but what it did in my heart when I look back is it made that passage you were talking about is um, it, it really brought that to life when it says, in this world, you will have trouble, right? But take heart because I have overcome the world. Yeah. And, and we all know that verse, right? We, we under, but to really know it, understand the depth that, oh yeah, God, you don't promise this is going to be rainbows and unicorns. You know, yeah. you promise that we are going to have trials and it's going to be tough, but you promise that you have overcome the world. So it's worth it. Yeah. Even if you don't understand it, you know, it is worth it. Mm-hmm. And another passage in first Peter, I was reminded of too, just says that, um, in all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer great trials or great grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Yeah. Like, wow, us suffering and praying through that suffer brings more glory to the Lord. And you go back to the foundational level. Why did the Lord create us? Why did he create mankind? It was so that he could receive honor. He he could receive glory. And in those times of suffering, when we're in prayer with him, man, he is exalted because the genuineness of our faith is revealed. And that's so cool. Like, man, God, this stinks. This is hard. Like, why did you do this? I don't know. But you know what? You have called me to be faithful to you. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be on my knees, on my face. And this suffering, these trials, they're momentary, Hmm. but you are eternal. And we have hope. And through that, man, he just receives glory. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And I I think it's important to communicate to people, it's okay for you to say things that other people may just think you're nuts to say. Mm -hmm. 
Like I, I love it, especially in middle school. Like middle schoolers like process out loud and they'll say things. And I'm like, oh, that was spicy. <laughs> you know, and but they're not and, and they may not even believe what they're saying, but they're processing it out loud. And, th- and I think we lose that component or we or as adults, we we say things like, well, I'm not supposed to say it. I'm like, hey, man, like it's it's mm-hmm. this, it, you know, for you to say something doesn't. You know, I mean, it, I guess it reveals where, where your heart is, which is fine. Mm. But but that, for you to be able to to get angry at God or to express frustration, yeah. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't be like, "Hey, man, I think you're not honoring the Lord in doing that." Mm. I think that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's okay for us to to be real and raw with the Lord, because um, yeah. we're we're trying to figure out what it looks like to continue to seek God even in times of great suffering. So, I think it's yeah. okay for people to, you know, you may not be, maybe want to express some of those things, maybe you know, in a in a group with kids running around sometimes, but <laughs> but that, but I think there's a component of that where the Lord wants us to be real. Right. With what's going on in our lives and right. asking questions that other people may look down upon, but nonetheless, if if that's what you're pondering or wondering or trying to figure out, that's mm-hmm. okay for you to ask that. Yeah. Um, and it makes me think. I love it when students tell me, like, "Hey, I, I'm not a believer. I don't want nothing to do with God." I'm like, "Sweet, good deal. Now we know. Now I know what to right. work with. I know where we're at. <laughs> right. I'd rather, in some ways, deal with with a student or adult that's in that camp than someone who's riding the fence." Right. Because I'm like, okay, well, just I don't really care if you're going to say you hate God, um, or if you're all in and you're following Jesus. I just want you to know where you're at, mm-hmm. so then we can we can have I can think through questions and we can figure out right. how to how to help you grow in this. And so, right. um, before we wrap up our time, is there anything else you'd want to encourage people uh, to understand or to know about mm-hmm. under the umbrella of of prayer? Yes. <laughs> so I, you know, I don't. I want people to walk away from this having just practical ways, you know, like I, there's probably a husband and a wife listening, maybe children, a family. Um, and so like what we have learned in our family is, you know, just that prayer is crucial. And so, you know, when it comes to our marriage for Justin and I, um, we have to pray together like that. There's something that happens, I think in the spiritual realms when we pray together and, um, there's been times when um, I've had friends share with me, you know, that they're really struggling in marriage. And so I asked like, well, are you guys praying about it? Like, are you praying together about it? Or yeah. um, like, you need to pray. Like there's something that happens. So, yeah. uh, you know, if there's a husband and wife listening, like pray together, like there's something that happens. Like it, um, God moves when we pray, especially in our marriage. And then, you know, with families, um, it really, just like my mom and dad so faithfully modeled prayer to us, like pray as a family, um, more than just at a meal, take time to yeah. pray for the lost. The God's put you guys in a place for such time as this, like pray for the people around you that don't know Jesus. And yeah. a way that we do that as a family is, um, you know, every Christmas we get these beautiful Christmas cards that people spend a lot of money on, you know, it's like $10 a card. So I feel yeah. so bad throwing it away. So I'm like, yeah. actually, you know what? Like we're going to keep these in a prayer jar and like as families we're going to pull out a card and we're going to pray for them and so maybe it's a family that knows jesus so let's pray god will bless them and use them maybe it's a family that doesn't know jesus we're going to pray for their salvation and so like just practically teach your kids how to pray and so what's been really fun now is like our two older kids mel and riley like they have a heart for the lost and like they pray for their friends to know jesus and like uh, we're seeing fruit of that and like um praise god like it's It seems so mundane, like when we were first teaching the kids, okay, who's in your life that doesn't know Jesus? Let's pray for him. But we're starting yeah. to see fruit now of our kids' friends coming to Jesus. And like, 
okay, God, thank you. Like, praise you for that. So practically speaking, pray. Pray with your husband. Pray with your wife. Pray with your kids. Teach them how to pray. It has to be just this. (laughs) It has to be just a part of your life that you enjoy doing together. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, sure. and as you follow the Lord to, to piggyback off that, it's one of the most rewarding things as a mom and a dad is to see your child grow in their prayer life. Mm-hmm. Because right now we've got a two-year-old and she says, help me, mommy, help me, mommy. <laughs> so she repeats what Sarah says, which yeah. is just adorable, right? Yeah. It's just so yeah. sweet. And she always wants to be the one that says, in Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but then you take our oldest who has done that journey and is 13 and now listening to her pray it's like wow Mm. it's clicking yeah like there's relationship Mm -hmm. there it's not just repeating there's relationship so man god can do anything with anybody but he places a mom and a dad in the parents and the kids lives to disciple them and discipling them in praying is so important. Don't expect Pastor Lucas to teach your kid how to pray, right? Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. expect the church. Don't expect the Sunday school teacher. You need to teach your child how to pray. Mm-hmm. How are you doing that? Mm-hmm. It's not complicated. Don't make it bigger than it needs to be. Start small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pray together. Model it. Yeah. Model it. So you model it, and then you help them through it, and then watch what God does in their heart. It's mm-hmm. so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, as we wrap up our time, how can we be praying for you guys? Since we just talked a lot about prayer, those <laughs> listening and, and those who will listen, and mm-hmm. Lord willing, they'll take time to pray for you guys. So how can how can we uh, be praying for you guys? Mm-hmm. Well, as you had mentioned, Lucas, you know our our efforts are towards the Kindred campus and uh, really desiring to see God moving Kindred. Um, so pray Isaiah fifty five with us. I love to pray. Uh, that part of Isaiah 55 that says, um, seek the Lord while he may be found, call on him while he is near. And so uh, that's what I pray for Kindred, that um, yeah. Kindred would come to know Jesus, that we would see it in our day. Yeah. And um, yeah, just honored to be a part of that. But yeah, pray with us for Kindred. Yeah, for sure. Anything to add, Justin? No, it's great. Well, appreciate you guys very much. Thank you for taking the time to be on. Yeah, thanks for having yeah, us, Yeah, thanks Lucas. for having us, Lucas. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the House on Fire podcast. Our prayer is that this podcast activates your home for Jesus. May the light of Christ burn bright through you and yours. Until next time.